climbing up on Salisbury Hill. I can see the city lights. Welcome to Frag Chat with the Fragrance Chick. I forgot the name of my podcast like halfway through that sentence. I was so caught up in um, my Peter Gabriel singing. Um, Sounds nothing like Peter Gabriel. But anyway, my name is Sarah. I'm your host. And yeah, I the reason you had to hear me um, sing that beautiful rendition of Salisbury Hill was because I just got done eating my dinner and I wanted something to watch while I was, you know, eating, chowing down. And uh, I saw on Amazon Prime, they had a documentary about the making of So, uh, Peter Gabriel's album that... I guess not launched his career because he was fairly popular, but what they mentioned on the documentary was he was kind of a cult artist, and I think so kind of made him more mainstream. So um, I think Sledgehammer was on that album, and I think Sledgehammer was a song that really did it for him. But anyway, I saw that, and I was like, you know, fuck yeah, I can get down with Peter Gabriel. You know, a little, little Salisbury Hill there. You know? I won't play this too long because I don't want to get binged, but yeah, or a little, a little slurge here on my. Oh, you know, you know this like, song's going to be good when it starts off with that little like Native American adjacent noise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I forgot how long this intro was. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So anyway... I was like, you know, I I know his music. I grew up on Peter Gabriel, love his songs. Don't really know much about him as a person, which a lot of those older musicians are like that. Like, I love Paul Simon. Um, Again, he's one of my top. Like, I grew up listening to his songs and Rod Stewart's the same way. But I don't know much about their personal lives and I don't care. You know, same way with Tom Petty. I didn't even know he had kids until he passed and then it came out that just before he passed when all the major news outlets were saying that he had um died his daughter I guess one of his daughters was like fuck all of you guys he's not dead yet like stop reporting that and she was like going off on I think Twitter or whatever but I don't know much about them they just kind of exist in this one little bubble in this one little hemisphere which is music but um yeah, so I thought I would, you know, check it out, watch a little bit of it. And it was pretty interesting, kind of like how they made it. They, he talked about, you know, renting a farmhouse in the country and kind of, up, and kind of setting up a makeshift studio, which to hear him describe it, uh, it sounded like it was a hole in the wall. But then you see this farmhouse that they rented and it's big and it's beautiful. And it's got like a, a cow, um, cow house and it's got like the big main house, but then like a little, little house in the back. It looks like a fucking estate that you would see on, I don't know, like a Jane Austen movie, maybe. It was, I mean, granted, he said he wanted something he can afford, and he was already kind of an established music artist, so it's not like he could he could only afford like some like a crack house in London. But it's still, from how they describe it, I was getting, I thought it would just literally be like a shack in the country, and it was this beautiful farmhouse. But... Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I didn't know how particular he was, but he seemed, but everybody seemed to respect him. Like he was not, he, he's, Peter Gabriel is still alive as far as I know. I don't know why I am talking about him in the past tense, but apparently he's particular. He likes to kind of take his time and do it right. Make sure that he evokes the mood he wants to evoke. And people that have, you know, worked with him on this album was talking about him and their friends and everybody seems to respect him a lot. Like, I get the feeling that he was professional and he was kind of particular, but he wasn't a a huge dick about things. You know, he just, they were all, it was collaboration. So it was cool. It was pretty interesting. I want to finish it um, to hear more about, you know, how they came up with stuff. And, uh, but one thing that kind of strikes me was, you know, in the 1980s, you see Peter Gabriel, it showed clips of him like on stage at his concerts and whatnot. And he just doesn't strike me as a frontman singer and I it's just his look like and I don't mean this as an insult at all but he kind of reminds me of you know when you go to like the improv or a comedy club and you have like the very first MC that's kind of warming up the crowd and you know that they're never gonna like make it to the big time they're just always kind of gonna be 
you know, just that just an MC at some local comedy club in, you know, XYZ USA. You know, they don't have they don't have any really striking features about them physically. They're kind of funny, but they're ultimately forgettable. That's what Peter Gabriel kind of looks like. I mean, I again, that sounds horrible, but he just doesn't like if you if I didn't know who he was and you showed me a picture and was like, yeah, he was one of the biggest uh, rock acts in the 80s. I'd have been like, I don't see it. I don't because he just looks like he looks kinda like a dad. He looks like a dad who just like jams out with his dad band after, on the weekends or like while he's waiting for his son's soccer game to be over so he can go pick him up that he and all of his dad friends just go out to the garage and like, you know, I'm gonna be your sledgehammer, you know just you know do all that but it just looks very strange like playing these sold out crowds and it's just little british white guy peter gabriel but and and he but i will say like on the he's on the cover of so he looks pretty cute he's 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 got he's got some nice eyes when is it with his hair a little bit shorter he looked cute um there was a few things that Oh, sorry. I I got totally distracted. My husband's texting me and I just hear the dings. But there was, I guess, before, because um, he had four albums prior to So, and it, I think Salisbury Hill was on one of the previous albums and it showed a live version of Salisbury Hill. And he was giving me, I think it was his hair, but he was giving me uh, Timothy McVeigh vibes. Not because he, I did not... I did not get the vibe that he was going to go drive a truck into a government building. He just looked a little Timothy McVeigh-ish. I think it was his short kind of buzzed hair and his weird eyes because they looked kind of weird. He was also making faces, you know, like being very exaggerative. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's what he was doing. So I was getting, I think he was in an orange, I don't want to say like an orange jumpsuit, like prison style. I think it was just more like an orange shirt. But anyway, it was, I was giving, I, I, I was getting Oklahoma City vibes from him, but no, but in so he was cute, like 19, like late 1980s, I think is when he hit his stride in his looks and uh, he looked, you know, he's got, he had the kind eyes, his hair was like just the right length, his eyebrows were like kind of thick, but not too thick and he had that voice. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I would fuck 1980s Peter Gabriel. I would, I would, well, as long as he looked like he did on the cover of So, because I'm a shallow bitch. But anyway, enough about that. Um, I want to start putting sound bites in here, but because I'm super low budget, I've just like I literally podcasted to my phone, and all of the sound bites and songs I've played so far has just been on my computer, and I'm hoping that it gets picked up by the speaker on this phone. So that's where we're at with that. But I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun to just have a little. You know, when I want to convey, you know, my anger at something, you know, just a little. Come on. Come on. Oh, I bet. What's what's wrong? Oh, now it doesn't want to work. Now you don't want to work. Epic trolling soundboard. You fuck. This is where I would need a good, a good sound bite like this. Oh, cause you know why? I have it on mute. I'm an idiot. So here we go. Fuck you. There you go. You know something like that, or you know if if there's a fail, if I'm discussing a huge fail, you know a little. You know just something like that. Ooh, there's something called Mr. Scream. Oh God, no. Oh. Oh, no. I'm sorry about that. What's Howie? You know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, something. I think it'd be kind of fun. I just gotta, you know, just, I think it'll kind of break up my voice a little bit. What do you guys think? What about a little... Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. So, yeah, I think I might start doing doing my low-budget soundboards. It's kind of funny. Um, anyway, let's go into our fragrance showdown. So instead of our usual scent of the week, instead, we're going to have us a fragrance showdown. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as you remember, last week I reviewed Tom Ford's Lost Cherry. And I mentioned that a company called DUA Fragrances came out with their own version, you know, their clone, if you will, of it called Popped Cherry. And at the time that I recorded and published that episode, I had ordered a sample of Popped Cherry. It is currently sold out. Um, But, and they had like popped it in the mail like the same day and then I got it a few days later. So I thought today would be kind of interesting. It would be fun to do a wear test to see which one comes out on top because I have heard uh, very good things about popped cherry in terms of smelling and smelling like a lost cherry and the fact that the sillage and projection are pretty good but I wanted to try it out for myself. So on the right hand corner No. In the right corner, on the right side of my body, we have Tom Ford's Lost Cherry. And just to refresh your memory, here are the notes. Lost Cherry is bringing to the fight top notes of cherry, cherry liqueur, and bitter almond. The heart notes are cherry syrup, Turkish rose, and jasmine sandback. And the base notes are going to kick you in your fucking nuts with Peru Basalm. Roasted tonka bean, sandalwood, vetiver, and cedarwood. Now on the in the left ring, not to be outdone, we have popped cherry. Popped cherry is going to come at you with top notes of black cherry and bitter almond, heart notes of cherry liqueur, griot syrup, jasmine sandback, and Turkish rose, and base notes going to kick you in your face. Peru balsam, Haitian vetiver, cedarwood, roasted tonka bean, and sandalwood. So without further ado, let's get down to the comparisons. I even put notes because it was this important. So going into the opening, um, I did not like Pop Cherry's opening. Um, the opening was a little too sharp with the bitter almond. I, all I could smell was that kind of bitter ting to everything. Uh, Lost Cherry's opening I do like because you just get that subtle boozy cherry and it just reminds me of those like really nice dark Italian cherries. Not that maraschino shit, but like the nice dark Italian cherries and like some sort of martini drink or whatever cocktail a cherry goes in. I'm not a big cocktail person, but it just evokes that like you get it. It doesn't last long, which is a shame, but you get that nevertheless. And then the pop cherry I was that opening, I was like, who, what is the fuck is this? I hope people know what they're talking about. I hope this does not turn out to be a bust. Um, but after a while, when they both settle down, um, it's, it picks up, it, it, it turns nice. So Lost Cherry, when it settles, it settles into that Tonka bean real quick. Um, on me, I get the Boozy Cherry and then kind of like the, the cherry jam, uh, cherry pie type of situation, warm for a little bit. And then I get just the tonka bean, like the the tobacco kind, uh, tobacco smelling fragrance, even though tobacco is not a note, but it just reminds, it just kind of has a lot in common with that. To me, it smells like tobacco, that malty, that vanilla, that warm tonka bean. Um, pop cherry, that's where it settles into the boozy cherry, which I think is what everyone likes. I know I like it. And that's because they put that boozy cherry as a middle as a heart note the cherry liqueur instead of the top notes so the bitter almond goes away very quick I was very happy about that and then you get the cherry and then you get that cherry liqueur so I um I really enjoyed that and that kind of stays like pop cherry you get that overall warm cherry pie cherry jam scent that people talk about all pretty much for the duration of its wear time and it's and it's nice um when I first took out the samples when I first got in the mail I took off the samples out of the packaging I was hit with that and it smelled just like Tom Ford's lost cherry once you get once you when it settles down they both smell virtually indistinguishable they both smell like that um like I said that cherry jam cherry pie um and it's nice now of course, on the different pulse points, like I noted with Lost Cherry, you smell different um, notes. So, And because Pop Cherry put their notes in kind of a different order than Lost Cherry, you get different... Um, I picked up on different um, scents on my arms. So um, <clears throat> with the 
lost cherry on my wrist, I got a little more of that tobacco, tonka bean, vanilla smell. Um, with the pop cherry on my other wrist, I got more of that boozy cherry, which I really liked. Um, on the inside of my elbow, the lost cherry, I got a little more of the vetiver, sandalwood, cedarwood. Those, um, those base notes are really um, prominent on that inside elbow. And then the pop cherry was more the tonka bean with the vanilla on the inside elbow, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I would say, like I said, once they both dry down and you wear them after a while, they're virtually indistinguishable from each other. Again, like if you're wearing one on one arm and one on the other, you can pick out different notes and kind of smell the difference. But after a while, even I couldn't smell the difference, which is nice because the YouTube video review that I saw mentioned the price point for popped cherry was $65 for 30 milliliters. If you need a... um refresher on the price for lost cherry and you feel like spitting out whatever you're drinking or choking on whatever you're eating that is 50 milliliters at 320 dollars yes 320 so you are getting the better deal with dua fragrances and you are getting virtually the same scent obviously it's not an exact clone because that I don't think they could because that would involve probably stealing trade secrets from Tom Ford but it's damn close and I'm sure even like the average consumer myself I can pick out different notes here and there but on a blind sniff test after a while I probably couldn't tell the difference between the two and I'm sure if you're listening to this you couldn't either uh, you know, I'm sure the only people who can tell a difference are probably like super, super trained noses, <laughs> the ones who actually create the fragrances and they can probably sniff, you know, rat shit from 10 miles away because their noses are that sensitive. But after, but to just you and me, for just the average fragrance, fragrance hobbyist who wants to, you know, drop some coin here and there and smell nice, um, DUA Cherry is a perfect substitute for DUA cherry. Popped cherry is a perfect substitute for lost cherry. And another point for popped cherry is that the projection and sillage are way better. I was smelling the right side of my body, like the right side all day. Like I kept getting whiffs of it and it was coming from the right side. It was projecting it. I even got a compliment at the doctor's office. Um, the uh nurses nursing aide nurse's assistant i don't know what i don't know what her title is but anyway the one who takes all my vitals before the uh, nurse practitioner saw me she um she mentioned she's like oh you smell good and then later on she asked me what i was wearing she's like oh you smell good what do you wear so i you know i had told her about you know the whole pop cherry lost cherry and she had heard of dua fragrances so not only does pop cherry project um i got a compliment from it so if that if you like your fragrances to leave a nice sillage uh definitely a another point in popped cherries corner so my final take is that once popped cherry comes back in stock um the brand told me they are trying uh, to get more ingredients but i'm going to be stocking their website because i'm gonna buy a bottle of this it's you can't really tell a, a huge difference in the two fragrances. To me, I think Pop Cherry took, I don't know if they heard the feedback about Tom Ford's Lost Cherry before creating this or if it's just a happy accident, but I think that it was a good call on them to put the cherry liqueur as a heart note instead of a top note, um, just because that's what a, a lot of gripes with people were. They, li they loved that boozy cherry note and the lost cherry but it went away too quickly and it does it lasts for maybe a few minutes and then it's gone whereas with the dua you get a lot longer because it's in the middle note so it settles into that which i really liked um so yeah i definitely think the popped cherry is the better option um not only is it more price uh more affordable um they took the best part of the lost cherry and made it last longer and they it projects more like the lost cherry stays close to the close to the skin and it la i mean if you're if you put your elbow or your wrist like right up to your nose or the inside of your elbow rather and and like put your nose on your skin and smell it i mean or get 
pretty damn close. Then you can smell it, you know, after a few hours on the lost cherry, but pop cherry, there's no need for that. So it's definitely, uh, they, they definitely, uh, hit the nail on the head with that. It's like they took, it's like they almost improved the lost cherry formula, even though I know that they probably don't even know what that exact formula is, but they took it, they improved upon it. And I think it's a superior product and it for cheaper. So that's my take. Um, do what you, you know, buy whichever one if you want this scent as you see fit. If you're bougie and you don't mind dropping 320 or maybe you want to treat yourself and splurge, you do you, girl or boy, because this is unisex. Um, you know, but I myself like the DOA Cherry. I don't really care that it's a smell-alike or a clone or whatever. It's high quality. I will mention that. It doesn't smell cheap. And... Yeah, I'm I'm totally down with that price point and I will be getting that. So, and in the meantime, I will mention in the meantime if you want to just kind of sample the pop cherry for yourself, you can go to smellsandsuds.com. They do have some I think it's 3 milliliters that sample for sale. It's like $8.10 with tax. It's like 11 bucks. So, not bad. And yeah, um, if you want to test the lost cherry for yourself, go on eBay and get you a decant and it's going to be more than eight bucks. Actually, I did see a sample though for 15. So if you want to compare samples, I'm a greedy bitch. So I ordered a a, a small, a bigger decant. Um, but yeah, there's ways to, to get samples of the lost cherry too, if you want to test them both for yourself. So what do you think? I think for my first fragrance showdown, not too bad. This was uh, fun. Um, I'm very glad that DOA Fragrances came out with the Pop Cherry because I did like the Lost Cherry. I would have, you know, the price point makes me sad because I can't own it, but I can own Pop Cherry and that's just as good. So do you, have, do you wear Pop Cherry? Have you tried Lost Cherry? Do you not care about either one? Let me know. So fragrance in the news, I don't know if it's that time of year. I, I guess the springtime end of February, beginning of March must be the time of year where fragrance houses debut all their spring scents. And I'm sure there's probably a similar one at fall, maybe summer, but I'm guessing this time of year is popular for new perfumes or reformulated perfumes to debut to the masses. And so just a a Google search of fragrance and hitting the news section on Google, two different uh, listicles talking about the 10 like the best perfumes to try this spring one from cosmopolitan and one from marie claire so i'll go over them briefly and we'll see if there's any overlapping what these let's see what these bitches want us to buy okay so number one on cosmo's list is tommy hilfiger tommy girl sun kissed and whoa tommy girl that brings me back man because i had the original tommy girl fragrance I think early 20s. I don't even know where I smelled it. I might have smelled it on somebody. And I just like that sweet, um, sweet scent on it. I mean, that, at the time, I was really feeling the, the Dream Angels Divine as well. So like sweet scents like that, like really, really gave me a half chub. So yeah, so Tommy Hilfiger. I, haven't, I have not uh, worn Tommy Girl since I finished that bottle and moved on, but it still holds a place in my heart. And I guess they reformulated it uh, for spring. So they said that, um, it's got cranberry, tangerine, and red apple mixed with magnolia, beach gardenia, and blue violet. So I'd be interested to smell this one. I'm probably sure it probably smells amazing. And, uh, cause the original Tommy girl was good. So number two is Mugler Angel Au Corsair limited edition. I fucked that up. You know, that's how I do now. That's, I mean, you come to expect this from me. Be real. So they reformulated Angel, which I got the original Angel, a sample not too long ago. I want to try it, future fragrance of the week, and um, see if my opinions about it have changed. I think I smelled it prior and did not really care for it. And because of that, I never cared for Angel. But if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know that over Christmas, I bought, not Christmas, shortly after Christmas, I bought Alien um, with the Sephora gift card my dad got me for Christmas. And I loved, and I loved it. I loved Alien. I love the, the floral. I love how it projects. I love that it stays. It just smells really pretty when it dries down. 
So I want to see if uh, what I think of Angel now. But apparently, uh, it's they 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 made it over for summer and they put uh, mango, grapefruit, and black currant sorbet. So that those sound delicious. So I may have to write into the brand and ask for a sample and see uh, what they say. Uh, just hot tip, Mugler is one of those brands that uh, gladly gives samples if you write into the brand. There is a contact page on uh, their website. Um, and you just write in, be nice, and they'll send you. Uh, they'll definitely uh, send you some samples. So tell them what you want and they'll send it. Number three, KKW Fragrance Hearts Wifey. Moving on, because I already discussed this. It's in the cute uh, Valentine's Day candy heart shaped which I didn't know this year but apparently the NECA wafers went out of business that brand and um there were no valentine hearts this year I guess people last year who were like in the know bought them and like were selling them on the black market which I can't, I love the candy hearts some people hate them some people think that they sound like chalk or sound taste like chalk I kind of love them. I will eat like 20 boxes in one sitting. It's like, they're like crack. And, but, and I, and, but I didn't even notice they were gone until somebody mentioned them. But I think one of the podcasts I listened to mentioned that, uh, I, th- I think the candy hearts are going to get bought out by a different brand. So they're going to be back. They were just gone for this year. Once the, I guess the sales finalized and they're actually officially owned by a different parent company that, uh, They'll be back on shelves next Valentine's. But I thought that was interesting. Anyway, KKW next. Followed by number four is Ariana Grande Cloud, which it's Cosmos says it's a sweet fragrance. I don't, I think I sniffed it and I was like, eh, it wasn't memorable to me. But um, I guess the bottle is inspired by the knuckle tattoo she shares with now ex Pete Davison. Actually, no, they, they don't say it's the bottle. They say it's the fragrance inspired by the knuckle tattoo she shares with now ex Pete Davidson. <sighs> Hashtag awkward. Um, the scent has a mix of lavender, pear, creamy coconut, and vanilla orchid. And they say it's not cloying. So... Okay, I think I read in the Reddit fragrance so that it was, it's not typically touted as this, but I think it can be a pretty close dupe of another fragrance called Baccarat Rouge. I have to go back and look, don't quote me on that, but if that sounds at all enticing to you, check it out at Ulta because the price they're telling me is 40 bucks. I don't know for what size. Um, number five is Amo Ferragamo Flowerful. Well, that's kind of a fun little play on words. Um, so it's got a flowery combo of pink peony, jasmine, and plum blossom. And uh, they say it's crisp, but not powdery. Number six, you got Maison Christian Dior Holly Peony. Um, so they say uh, it's light and pretty, and it's not a super overpowering floral fragrance. And this one is expensive. Cosmo must think that they are, that their readers are bringing in some coin because the price that they are quoting is $220. Cosmo, I don't know if, if you know what your target audience is, but I was reading you when I was like 21, 22, and I'm pretty sure women who are younger than that read you. And maybe if, unless they live at home and they don't have a lot of bills, they can probably afford that. But if they're living on their own, like if they're in college in a dorm or living in an apartment, they ain't spending $220 on perfume. Now they would spend $40 on Ari's perfume. So that's cool. Thank you for listing that. But um, not $220. And even the one, the uh, Ferragamo one prior is listed at $108. And they pulled that from Bloomingdale's.com. And the 220 is from Dior.com. So if any of you listening are in, are in the Cosmo Target audience and you're like, fuck, I can't spend $200 on a perfume. I can barely buy food for the week. Then hot tip, go to FragranceNet. Because I just bought the Penhaligons Juniper Sling. I looked up the barcode on the box. Legit, legit, legit. And it's like at half the cost. I think it was 45 bucks um, 
45 or 48 bucks after taxes and the discount so fragrance net will be if you if you're a fragrance lover and you don't want to spend a lot of money or maybe you can't spend a lot of money no shame there are ways to get around that fragrance net is one fragrance x is another and unlike my friend eddie who did have some shipping issues with his pentalagons juniper sling i did not i got mine it took a while for them to create the shipping label like a week but i got mine a day early than what was what was projected his was bounced around for a couple days, but he ultimately got his, and he was happy with it. So, just heads up there. Okay, number seven on the Cosmo list is Gucci Guilty Poor Femme. I don't know how many iterations Gucci there are of Gucci Guilty. When I was in Ulta, um, just before Christmas, wanting to treat myself and buy myself a perfume, I saw like tw 20 different Gucci Guilties. That might be an exaggeration. But it was like Gucci Guilty. I got Gucci Guilty Absolute. There's like another Gucci Guilty. You know, there's like a bunch. My husband has Gucci Guilty. I think it's just Gucci Guilty for him. Um, there's quite a few. So now they've got another one. And apparently uh, they have. it has notes like Mandora, which is a Mediterranean fruit, bergamot, and pink pepper, which, oh, and a base of patchouli oil. So I'm I'm assuming just from that... Ah, the pink pepper and the bergamot, it, I feel like it's probably going to smell like the Gucci Guilty that I already own, but I don't think so. It's probably going to be a little bit lighter if I had to. I wonder, because Gucci Guilty Absolute reminded me of Anik Goodall's Rose Pompon, I wonder if this one smells like Rose Pompon, because Rose Pompon is m very much lighter, but they smelled so similar that I was worried I bought an exact clone of the Goodall fragrance. To the point where I spritzed the Gucci Guilty Absolute on one of my wrists, or on the inside of my elbow, on my arm, and the Rose Pompon on the other. Because I was like, I, and at first I was panicking because they both smelled exactly alike. But once I calmed my ass down, um, I realized that the Gucci Guilty Absolute was a little bit darker, a little bit moodier, if you will, um, than the Rose Pompon. Um, Rose Pompon was lighter and a little bit crisper. So I'm wondering if this Gucci Guilty Pour Femme kind of smells like that. I might have to go to Alton and, and test it out, do another wear test. Maybe another fragrance showdown? I don't know. We'll see. Okay, moving on to number eight. Uh, they say for spicy, um, uh, they recommend Yves Saint Laurent Black Opium Eau de Parfum Intense. Um, I think this, is, this has been out. I think I know black opium has I don't know if intense uh, intense is a new one for spring but um it's developed around notes of coffee coffee absinthe and orange blossom it is long lasting I did spritz it on myself when I it was either I think it was Ulta and I can't I don't remember really remember what it smells like I remember it not smelling terrible but again, at that point, I had spritzed on so many different perfumes that I was just like, everything was kind of running together and I couldn't really tell what was what, but I'd be interested in uh, testing this one out again. Um, this looks like a perfume I'd be down with because I love, you know, I love the black orchids of the world. I love the spicy. I love the woodies. I love the, the dark, the dark fragrances. Give me, give me that musk, you know. You know how I do. Okay, so number nine, um, they recommend Maison Margiela Replica Under the Lemon Trees. And they say this is citrusy. So it uh, has notes of coriander, tea leaves, and white musk. So, and I'm hoping it has notes of lemon because that sounds kind of enticing to me. Like, because lemon smells so clean and so fresh and I love the scent of it. Just like... Just have a, a fragrance that spritz it on and just smell lemony fresh all day. That sounds great. All right, number 10, rounding out their list. Another citrus one, uh, Joe Malone, London Nettle, and Wild Aquila Cologne. I don't think I've ever smelled nettle. Uh, this article describes it as tangy, and they say it works harmoniously with wild Aquila flower and vetiver. And the finish is clean and crisp. So... I have smelled a few of Joe Malone's scents. I think they're all, they said this one can be worn solo or layered with other scents from that same collection, which is uh, from Wildflowers and Weeds. 
but I think all of their fragrances are like that because they all because I think Jo Malone has like a few of their fragrances was just like one like oud like wood or you know they had like different um sections so if you liked woody they had like wood or like oriental and then if you wanted something clean it was like water I don't know it was but they could all be like some were great by themselves but I think they were all designed to be like layered up um so this is kind of in line with that okay so that's Cosmo's list let's see what Marie Claire is bringing to the table let's see if there's some uh some overlaps um so they titled their article the absolute best fragrances of 2019 you need to smell um with the tagline I'm legitimately a happier woman with these in my life which I'm kind of jealous because working for a beauty magazine, you know she gets like the full size bottles sent to her for free to like review and test. <sighs> I hope I can get on that level one day. All right, so before I start getting sad, let's go down the list. So their number one, they suggest the Mason Margiela replica under the lemon trees, eau de toilette for fresh and fruity. Number two is a different one. This is not on Cosmo's list. It is Tom Ford Arabian Wood Eau de Parfum. And this one, I wonder if this is a private blend because the price point they are citing is $320. And this picture is for 50 milliliters. So I'm going to say this is a private blend new for spring. Um, she says it's an exotic blend of rich florals, spices, precious woods, and ores. And the the author says that it's a boss lady scent of 2019, and it makes her feel empowered and in charge. So, I mean, like Tom Ford's, most of Tom Ford's fragrances, this is not meant to, you know, if you're shy and you don't want to stand out, don't try this scent because uh, his scents are not subtle. They are meant to be bold and they are meant for people to wear who wear it to have like loads of confidence because you have to in order to carry something that can be overpowering if you, um, if you let it. Okay, number three, uh, they recommend Gucci, The Alchemist's Garden, A Song for the Rose. And this is $330. Holy crap, Marie Claire. What kind of household income is your target audience bringing in? Because, geez louise, what's that? Okay, so we had Tom Ford, $320. Uh, the replica was 126 So, so far, that's the cheapest fragrance on this list. $126. Um, so, this Gucci one is 330 You know, if you need to sit down and maybe put your head between your legs and take a few deep breaths to kind of get over that price, you know, I'll wait. Oh, this would be a good time for a sound. Yeah, do they have Jeopardy? Do they have Jeopardy? Uh, no, but they have Hit by Car. Ooh. Okay, so anyway. Okay, you had time to recover? Good. So the bottle is gorgeous. It's blue. The lid is gold. And it just has really delicate uh floral etching um the title of the the fragrance name is a really pretty gold etch so it is a, this bottle would be um look good on a vanity so they say it's the focal point is bulgarian rose and that's it they don't mention any other, any other notes so um they say it'll make you feel like the most put together high class lady and you should be high class if you're spending $330 on a perfume. All right, number four, they recommend Prinza Schuler Arizona Collector Edition. And this automatically is a turnoff because they describe it as floral and powdery. And I hate, I fucking hate the powder note because it smells like an old lady. And I think the closest thing that I voluntarily own that might be just the slightest bit powdery, but you can't really, but it's not like overwhelming and it's not really a big, huge note in it is the Belle de Nuit from Fragonard. Because I just, I hate powder. Like Chanel number no. five would be the best scent if they just calmed it down with the powder or just omitted the powder. Like I don't understand the allure of a powder note. I don't get it. I just immediately, any anything with like a powder note, I think of, 
someone who's like 78, like a 78 year old, year old lady. Nothing's wrong with that, but it's just, you know, I, I just feel like the, the older women, the seniors are the ones who should wear the powdery scents. But anyway, I'm done with that um, tirade. They say this is a mix of cactus flower and creamy orris accord. I am not interested at all. And um, apparently it comes in a leather pouch, which is probably too tiny to do anything with. So we're going to move on. But this is the cheapest one on the list so far, $100. So there you go. All right. Um, number five, they name a fragrance called Killian Good Girl Gone Bad Extreme Limited Edition Spray and its Clutch. And this one is $315. So I like the name. I'll admit, Good Girl Gone Bad intrigues me. I'd want to sample this. And um, it says there's florals like rose, orange blossom, Egyptian, Egyptian jasmine sandback, and narcissus. And uh, it comes with a snake-adorned clutch. So I would be down to see if maybe there's a sample of this floating around on eBay. I'm probably not going to get it right now because between my Tom Ford samples I just bought, or the decants I should say, the Pop Cherry and Penhaligons, Juniper Sling I just bought, I need I need to calm it down with the uh, the fragrance buys because I'm trying to actually pare down my collection and I'm not getting nowhere because I keep adding to it. But this is, this scent does kind of intrigue me. I want to check it out. So number six is Malin and Goats Stem Eau de Parfum. They describe this as earthy and grassy. I almost misread that and <laughs> said earthy and gassy and was like, oh, why? Um, this is the cheapest on the list, new cheapy, uh, $95. So they say it's a fresh smelling fragrance uh, with top notes of mandarin leaves, wild freesia greens, and hyacinth florets. Um, so it sounds very clean and um, sounds like something I would like. I'd be interested in smelling this one too. All right, number seven, they recommend Dior Miss Dior Eau de Toilette. They say it's light and springy with keynotes of mandarin, roses, and lily. And it is, it's, uh, I think my friend Megan, she likes Miss Dior Petite Cherie. I think that's the one she liked. Or it was Miss Dior, maybe something bloom. There's a, a floral Miss Dior with like a floral, uh, concentration. I don't know if it if blooms in the title, but there's a few Miss Dior's um, floating around. And that seems to be a popular fragrance too. Like a lot of um, reviewers I've seen on YouTube that say like, oh, my top, my favorite perfumes in my collection or whatever. Miss Dior is almost always in there. And I've smelled it and it's, it is nice. It's a nice, light floral. It's pretty. It's not overpowering. And the bottle is cute. The bottle looks good on a vanity. It's just, just feminine. You know, it's clear, the juice inside looks pink, um, you got a little metal bowl, and then a clear lid. So it's just, it's pretty all the way around. All right, number eight, Marie Claire recommends OI Hair Care Eau de Parfum Rue Saint Honoré for fresh and floral. And this sounds like um, OI is trying to copy Oribe um, and kind of bottle their um, hair product smells, which Orbe did, and they are expensive. I've got the roll-on, and I think the roll-on was 50 bucks, maybe a little bit more, because the tiny spray was like 100, and I was like, I don't like it that much. Um, but anyway, uh, they say this is a floral fragrance, um, inspired by its popular hair oil, and it has floral accords of violet, gardenia, and white musk. And this author compares it to the comforting smell of fresh laundry on a Sunday morning. I don't know where floral translates to laundry. Well, no, I do because, you know, you got gain and shit that has like a floral breeze. So I see where she's coming from. Um, this sounds like something I would um, be interested in. And it's $56. So new cheapy on the list. Ding, ding. All right, number nine, uh, another overlap with Cosmo. They recommend the uh, Ferragamo Emo Flower, Flowerful Eau de Toilette at a $108. And 
And number 10, they recommend Kriegler Extraordinaire Camilla 209 Perfume. This is the Mac Daddy on this list. Are there any more? Oh, yeah, there are. But so far, this one clocks in at, are you ready for it? $475. Yeah. Um... So, let's see. She says it is a magical blend of cardamom, pink peppercorn, Chinese tea, cedar, musk, lemon, and vanilla. That does actually sound pretty damn good. Not good enough, not $475 worth good, but, you know, if DUA Fragrances wants to come out with the clone, I may have to try it. I'm just saying. So number 11, Mysterious. This is what they describe this next fragrance as. Um, by Rito Unnamed. EDP, Eau de Parfum. And the price point for this is 165 The picture shows the perfume bottle in front of um, just like a big poster with the alphabet. And some different characters on it. Um, which kind of reminds me of the Zodiac Killer cipher. Just going to throw that out there. Um... I don't know if that's what they were going for, but or maybe I'm just got a sick mind, but that's exactly the first thing that I went to was Zodiac Killer because it just it has the same aesthetic, plain white poster with the black lettering all in lines. I have the urge to try and solve and maybe solve it before somebody else gets killed. So let's see. Oh, so this one is, um, this one's called Unnamed because... It's, uh, there's, it's a secret. I guess it's supposed to be your own interpretation. So they didn't name it. Um, and I guess you can name it yourself. I, oh, I guess that's what that is. It's not a poster board. I guess it's labels. It's, uh, a sticker sheet with, uh, letters that you can just like stick on and create your own name, which, whoa, I went to a dark place, right? <laughs> Like, I saw that and was like, oh, Zodiac Killer. And it's really just a sheet of stickers. Um, but yeah, but I mean, really, any fragrance can be your own interpretation. Because oftentimes, when you smell what you smell in the bottle or on a blotter, it's not what you smell on your skin. Because your skin chemistry works to kind of personalize a scent. So I think that's the same premise with this one. Um, they just didn't purposely name it. They want you to pick out the notes and uh, they want you to see how it smells like on you, which is a gimmick, but I'm intrigued. So it worked and it's $165. It didn't work that much though, because I would not pay $165 for it. I would see if this is on FragranceNet or maybe eBay and get a decant because I don't need to be mysterious that badly. All right, number 12, they cite Carolina, Carolina Herrera, Good Girl, Le Guerre, or Du Parfum Spray. And this price point is $117. This is the fragrance, I'm sure you've seen it, that's in the Stiletto Heel. It looks very cool. I remember spraying it in Ulta. I did not like it on the opening. Once it dried down, it was not bad. Not good enough to, for me to buy it, but not bad. Um, it's oriental. They have floral accords of mandarin, jasmine, green pear, sandalwood, and tonka bean. So just think what we know about tonka bean, a little malty, a little vanilla. So kind of that base with the floral. That actually sounds like it would be kind of nice. I got to resmell it. But what I, from what, what I remember, it smelled pretty good. And that's it. So you only had like two overlaps, um, a good crop of recommendations for all your price points. If you're rich um, and you want to drop them coins on a cent, you know, you got you got yourself some options, girl. You know, congratulations if you make that much money. Um, me, I don't really have my eyes on any particular spring scent. I don't I'm not up on the new releases. I know that's bad of me because I'm a podcast host. And I talk about, excuse me, I just like burped. I'm drinking beer as well because um, I'm classy. No, but I know I host a podcast about fragrance, but I don't really research what's going to come out new. I just like to go to Sephora Ulta every once in a while and just spray. 
and not be bugged by sales associates. Ulta actually doesn't. Sephora is the one, like, they try to be helpful and they are nice and they have helped me. But sometimes, you know, I just want to go and I just want to spray and I want you to not talk to me. I want to just come in. I want to grab a shitload of those testers. I want to spray them all down. And then I want to spray the ones that I like on myself and see what's out there. And I don't, and I want you to constantly ask me if, if I need help or ask me what I like or recommend anything. Because a lot of times... I'm not even going to buy it. I just want to, I just like to smell. So there's that. Anyway, do you have a uh, fragrance you're really jonesing for this spring? Uh, let me know. And at the end of the episode, I will provide ways where you can connect with me online so you can answer all these rhetorical questions. All right, kids, that's it for this week. I did not have a educational portion of the show because I didn't really think about that part, <laughs> to be honest. Um, usually like a week prior before recording, I will start to brainstorm ideas to talk about. And I did not do that um, on the education portion. But the rest of the uh, show was long enough. So you're probably not missing it. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so at either my blog, thesnappyscribe.com. That's snappy as in bend and snap. Um, and I write about non-fragrance related things on there. Uh, the most recent post I have up is about the terrain race, which was an obstacle course race I did two weeks ago. I need to get my recap of the Gasparilla 15K up. Um, which I did last week, so that'll be coming up soon, and then tomorrow I am running a race, uh, the best damn race, Orlando, the 10k, so that post will be up after that. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, I think it's at the Snappy Scribe, and then on Instagram, at Snappy Scribe. So I hope you guys have a good weekend, I hope that whatever you're doing, you're safe, you have fun, and you do it smelling good. Bye. Frag Chat with the Fragrance Chick is hosted, edited, and recorded by yours truly, Sarah Chacon. Theme song is Around the Bend by Evan Schaefer.